Good. I'm good. I'm kind of nervous. Okay, I'm preaching and I'm nervous. I'm anxious, but I know it will be good. And I'm preaching about how to have a better relationship.
Good morning. How sweet it is to trust in Jesus. Welcome. I'm Reverend Brenda Alexander, one of the pastors here. I'm so excited that you have joined us for worship at First United Methodist Church. And as you know, if you are in the sanctuary, there are attendance paths that we need you to complete so that we can register your attendance. And if you are online, we ask that you fill out the format online so that we know that you are worshiping with us on today. Now, would you please stand and join me in our call to worship? We gather to give thanks to you, O Lord. We will sing your praises before all creation. You have created us, O Lord, and made us for yourself. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. It's this week, so yeah. we'll celebrate it today, right? Uh, so, so glad you're here with us. If you're tuning in online, hi. If you're here with us, so glad you're here as well. Our name's Clint Church, along with the small gathering band today. Uh, but we're so glad to be here and worship with you. This song uh, is one, it's a, it's a really fun one. Uh, I hope we sing it all together, lift our voices this morning. It's called My Jesus. And the chorus says this, he makes a way when there ain't no way. He rises up from that empty grave. There ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. So let's lift up that song this morning in a song of praise. Here we go.
Good morning. I'm Bernie, and I am the director at First Street Mission, uh, one of the ministries of First United Methodist Church with a lot of history. And I'm here to share a ministry moment. It ended up being the perfect day to share with you all today um, because yesterday we kicked off our annual Thanksgiving event. And it was a real joy for us. We did it for the first time in, um, in the mission in our newly reconfigured food pantry that we've been working on for the past year. Um, and it was really wonderful. It's a chance on a Saturday to get a lot of new volunteer faces in the building and folks that can't necessarily come and visit the mission when it's in action uh, on, on a weekday. Um, the mission has changed so much in the last three years and then really even more in the last year. And a lot of that is because we've had to, and we like to, we like to, pivot and change and meet the community's needs as they change. Um, I can tell you that today I arrived as assistant director in 2018 and we're serving three times the number of individuals and families today as we as we were in 2018. Um, it's, a, it's a special place and, and uh, we knew that there were good reasons to, to tackle a, a big challenge this year. We now have a grocery store with shopping carts and a freezer section and a produce section that folks can come through and pick their own groceries and it was we we knew there were good reasons for that whether it was health or just or just plain old human dignity to be honest but um you know getting that first story uh from my grandmother with diabetes who said she was so thankful for the opportunity to pick her food uh because insulin just wasn't in the budget um we've been looking outside the walls of the mission and really seeking to take ownership of the of our immediately surrounding area of the downtown area and do some street outreach to our friends who are experiencing homelessness and had some wonderful success uh, the, we, earlier this year, our outreach team, um, we've housed about a half a dozen folks, and, and one of our guests who we got housed had been on the street for 5,000 days, according to the county's homelessness tracking system. And uh, if you're doing the math in your head right now, you don't have to, you already did it. It's 13 years. He had been homeless for 13 years living on the street, and our team was able to get him housed just within a matter of months. Um, as, as we look outside the walls of the mission and outside of the church, I'm, just, I'm so thankful for this community. I know I speak for the guests and the volunteers of the mission that I'm so thankful for this community because almost all of our support comes from this community and you guys are walking alongside us as we do this work. And I was just really mindful of that yesterday as, as we welcome new volunteers into the fold. And I would like to invite anyone who's interested in the mission to give us a call, schedule a tour, come by, and we'd be so happy uh, to welcome you and show you what we're up to. Thanks. Thank you, Bernie. If you haven't seen the mission, you need to go down and see it. It's amazing how we service so many people in need through this church and through the work that Bernie does. So I'm Reverend Phyllis Barrett. If I haven't met you, I am so glad you're here worshiping with us today on this. We're calling it Thanksgiving. So I want us to open our hearts right now to be thankful for all the blessings that we have. This is a season that we really stop and pause about that. During the prayer, uh, there's going to be an opportunity for you to lift up loved ones. And so I encourage you to do that. And then we'll say, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. So let us pray. We come to you, O oh Lord, with a grateful heart. And we stop to remember how you have blessed each and every one of us. And we want to give thanks. Thank you, Lord, for friendship and love so warm and sweet. Thank you for the little things that make life complete. Thank you for easing my worry and pain. Thank you for bringing comfort in times of stress and strife. 
thank you for the precious gift you blessed throughout my life. Thank you for listening when I seek you in prayer and for loving me and always being there. Thank you for the changes you make in us. Because of your love, I can rely on your trust. And thank you, Jesus, for turning this world upside down, for always allowing us to worship you. Lord, in your mercy. Father God, the creator of all creation, we testify about your power, grace, and love. New lives, new hopes, new opportunities, new dreams. For all this, O oh God, we give you thanks. Lord, in your mercy. Everything that you've created, you make free. And over and over again, our freedom is used for the purposes of sin, for alienation from you, for violence, for hatred, for greed. And yet, we are at our worst. You do not abandon us, but you join us. You come alongside us as Jesus Christ to redeem us, reconcile us, to restore us to relationship with you forever. For this, God, we give you thanks. Lord, in your mercy. Always and everywhere, O oh Holy Spirit, we are never alone. You come alongside us. You bring us into new experiences of God's grace and peace. For this constant present of God in our lives, we give you thanks. Lord, in your mercy. I want to lift up today some of the children that we know that are hurting. Lynn, Ruth Ann, Ed, and Donna. Lord, in your mercy. Lift up those that are on your heart. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you've heard our prayers. You, we give you thanks for your loving arms around us. Open our hearts to hear you. May we open our arms to be a living hope into this world and open our hearts to bring peace and healing to all people. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. We now come to our offering time, and I invite our ushers to start working their way forward. And Bernie lifted up the mission. I'm going to lift up something also, and that's our congregational care ministry team. You see them at the end of worship every week. Someone's over here ready to pray with you. But during this season, I want you to know some other things they do. I have been teaching a Wednesday Bible study class for, I think, 15 years now. And the people in that class make gift bags for all of our shut-ins of this congregation. And then the CCMs are the ones that take that and deliver that to them so they can have a Christmas. And most of all, they know their church family has never forgotten them. And I want to give thanks for that and your generous support. That's one ministry that you do for us. So let us pray. Most gracious and loving God, we are a very blessed people. I ask you to open our hearts so that we can give generously to you. All this in Christ's holy name. Amen.
Hi, my name is Katie Copeland. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verses 7 to 18. I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, updated edition, and invite you to read along in your own Bible or one of the pew Bibles in front of you. The scripture is on page 165 in the Old Testament of the Hugh Bible, the pew Bibles.
For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with flowing streams, with springs and underground waters swelling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, where you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and from whose hills you may mine copper. You shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land that God has given to you. Take care that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep God's commandments, God's ordinances, and statutes that I am commanding you today. When you have eaten your fill and have built fine houses and live in them, and when your herds of flocks have multiplied, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, an arid wasteland with poisonous snakes and scorpions. God made water flow from, for you from flint rock. God fed you in the wilderness, with manna that your ancestors did not know, to humble you and to test you, and in the end, to do you good. Do not say to yourself, my power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God, for it is God who gives you power to get wealth, so that God may confirm God's covenant that God swore to your ancestors, as God is doing today. God speaks to us through the reading of scripture. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Samuel Macias, and I'm one of the pastors, and I welcome you, and also I welcome all of the ones that are watching us through online, through the app, through the different platforms that we have, and we are showing all this. Thank you so much. And also, let me remind you that there's an app that we have as a church you can go to your App Store, Play Store, or Apple Store, and you can search for my FUNC app so you can watch our sermons. And if you can watch Pastor Samuel's sermons, they're also there. So please join us, and it will be better for you. You can go everywhere, and you can have your church with you. And there's a lot of good stuff. Also, the uh, church talk that we have, there's a, the, a really good time that Clint is showing us the church, uh, the staff, and everyone. So please feel free to take a look of the app that we have. And I'm so glad that I am here. Uh, gosh, this is a good week, and this is a good time. And we are having this moment, or I am having this moment to share something with you. I want to share something, an experience that I, uh, that I have. And... I remember uh, when Savi and I, we were concerned. By the way, Savi is my wife. We, I was, we were concerned about our daughters when they were little. Um, we always had this special time, a special, a special time of prayer, a small devotional, always at night. We had a, a time of prayer, a devotional with the story of the Bible. We will pray uh, for our friends. We will pray for the family. We will pray for a special need. And also, 
uh, we were very concerned about their spiritual faith or their spiritual life. And, and as a pastor, you always take your kids to Sunday school class or whatever activity that we have. As a church, our girls, as a girls pastor, they will be part of, of the classes that we have for kids. So from there, you don't know how they will handle the, their faith when they are in public, when they are in school, when they are in, in their real world. So we have one of our girls at that time. She was so shy. She was a shy girl at that time, and she had a really hard time to get along with other kids. But so she figured out how to have a, a, a friend. So this friend, once that Sabi went to a... a a, a meeting at school, this girl approached to, to Savi and asked her, are you, Sa are you uh, my friend's mom? I will not tell you what's her name. <laughs> are you my friend's mom? Yes, I am. You know, there's some interesting thing that is happening with my friend. And what is, what is that? She asked, and, and the girl answered her, well, when we are having trouble with those problematic kids that they're always yelling and fighting and arguing, your daughter will always approach to them and tell them that they need to know God because they don't know him. That's why they behave that, like that. If they have God in their life and they know him through Jesus, their life will change and they behave good toward others. So I was amazed to hear that story for one of my girls uh, because in a way she was kind of telling about the God or the Jesus that in a way she was meeting and she was sharing that Jesus that she once uh, was in a way familiar to other kids. So that was, that was a really nice surprise for, from one of my girls to know uh, that she was introducing to other kids the God that she knows and the way that she knew, uh, and that was something. But that's uh, just some story that I just wanted to share with you. But in this uh, scripture that we are reading today, God's people are in the last stage of their journey. After having lived a difficult life in pain, sickness, sadness, sorrow, grief, and oppression. A journey that was not easy. They cried out to God. God responded by sending Moses, and they were delivered with the promise of receiving their own land, a promised land uh, that was promised to their fathers. And now God reminds them of where they are going and the kind of place where they will live, where they will have everything they need to prosper, why? Because God's desires for, for God's desires good for His people. But thinking about that, also, what could bring us confidence? What could bring us peace in our life? Maybe someone who loves us, a spouse, children, or friends. Uh, what else could bring us peace or confidence? A house, a car, financial stability, or success in a business, or maybe health. Because when we don't have this or we are troubled by this, uh, it can produce sadness, uncertainty, anxiety, pain, loneliness, fear, 
And it is difficult for us to have peace in the midst of all this. So we look for an answer, a solution, or a blessing for it. And we try in our own capacity, and sometimes in someone else's capacity, and it doesn't work. So, because we are experiencing that, we cry out to God and His answers. And God answers. When we are desperate, when we are frustrated, when we are in pain, when we are experiencing trouble because of the lacking of something, and we need that, we cry out to God. And because we have a God of mercy, a God of love, a God of compassion, He answers. Even though if we haven't been that close to Him, He answers. He responds with a huge blessing, and that blessing produces peace. But what about when everything is going well? What about when everything is just fine? What about when everything, oh, I'm just good. I am enjoying health. My family are enjoying stability. Um, our finances are going quite well. Well, it's kind of in a way that situation that the people are experiencing. They have food. They have everything. They have clothing, and now they are going to have a, a promised land that they're going to prosper. So things are going to get better. Yes, they were on that path of suffering, of sorrow, of pain, loneliness, and they cry out to God, and God responds. So now things are going to change. Things are going to get way much better. They are going to enjoy peace. They are going to enjoy that land where they're going to be prospering. But before they go to that promised land, God gives them an important warning, not to forget him. And I find interesting this uh, after he asked his people not to forget him because he mentioned in a way not to forget him, keep my commands my ordinances, my statutes. Mm, okay, does that, means, does that means that I have to follow rules so I don't go wrong? And if I break those rules, those ordinances, those, those commands, I am going to be punished? No, not at all. God's intention for them is to know him better. Because it's hard to forget someone when you know them. And they are familiar to us. It is hard, it is difficult for us to forget about someone when that person is close to us. When that person is familiar to us, it is difficult. It is hard to forget about him. It is easy to forget someone when we are not close to him. Doesn't matter even if that person help us. It will be easier if we are not that close. If we are not relating with that person, it will be really easy. It will be just fine to forget. Even if that person help us on the road, help us in our way, help us in some way, it will be easy. Oh, there was this guy that helped me once. I got a flat tire and that person just passed by and helped me out to fix my tire. And I'm so grateful. What's his name? I don't know. Who was it? I don't know, but I remember that he did that for me, so I'm grateful, but you don't remember him. 
Sometimes that happened in our life with God. God did something so great that we were so desperate in the need of that miracle. We were asking and crying out to the Lord for an answer to something that we, uh, we were needing at that time. We were suffering the consequences of, of something, and we came to church. Even we also made a covenant with him. Lord, if you do this, I promise. Remember that? And God answered. And God changed your life. Changed that, that outcome. In the same way with his people. Remember, they were at Egypt. They were suffering. They were slaves, and they were tired about that. They were suffering because of that. So they cry out to the Lord, and the Lord responds by sending Moses. So now God knows that things are going to get better with his people, and he is reminding them, don't forget about me. And don't forget about me by keeping my commands, my statutes, my ordinances. So how is that? Because those are kind of rules for me to obey, and, and, and if I don't follow them, I will be punished. So how does that relate to me to have a, a better relationship with God, to know God better? How that connects? How can I get to know God better so as not forget him? Hmm. Perhaps the people wondering, by not failing his ordinances, his statutes, and his ordin what he ordained. If you want to know God better, let me tell you, there are guidelines for you to know God better. Okay, let me put you some things in perspective. Let's pretend that we uh, are trying to have a relationship. You are going to be my friend. And you know, there's, there's some things that we, we have in common, and maybe we can uh, have a deeper relationship. We can become best friends. Let's pretend to, 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 to be like that. Let's put things in that perspective. Okay, as I want to be the first place in your life, I will, you will, excuse me, you will be for me. As I want you to be first place in your life, you will be in mine. If I trust you, I expect from you to trust me. As I will devote time to you, I expect from you to devote time to me. In your behavior towards other people, I will understand that your love for me is for real, that you are not pretending. So if we pay close attention to this analogy, these are the Ten Commandments from God. God wants to be first place in our life. God trusts you, and He wants you to trust him. God has time for you, and God is expecting from you time. 
So when you love your neighbor and your behavior towards someone else, that shows that your love for God is real. Because how is it possible that you can love God if you don't love your neighbor? Or how can you love your neighbor only if he does good to you? So in your behavior, in your love towards other people, that's how we know that your love is for real. So what God's intention for his people, showing them this commandment, these ordinances, these statutes, is for them to have a guideline how to know him better, how to relate with God. And, and it is not so much that God wants to know you, because he already does. He wants to have a relationship with you. And that relationship will transform us, shape us, improve us, and others will be able to see what relationship does in our life. Like when you met your best friend or when you fell in love, everyone could see your excitement. Everyone could see your joy. The same thing happens when our relationship with God and the best thing about it is that we can share it with others. That relationship is not just for us. Therefore, we can approach to him with confidence, and he will be there to take our burden, to restore us, to heal us, to provide for us, and to meet our needs. And we will feel fine because we have that confidence. We know God. We trust him. He loves us and we know. And how do we know? Because we are close to him. And that's a matter if things are going good. We know that God is there. He doesn't need too much from us. But we know that because of what we have and what we are, we know that we are grateful to God. God is good. God is willing to have a relationship with you. And sometimes we don't get, okay, so I need to follow those rules, and I don't follow those rules, then God will punish me, God will send me to hell. No, that's not the intention of God. God's intention for you is to know him better. Okay. I am first in your life because you are first in mine. Have you are giving me some time? Because I give you all my time. Are you loving your neighbor? Because how can you love me if you hate some of my people? So in the way we behave towards others, we know that our love for God is real. How, we, how do we know as pastors that you are doing good. As one of my little girls, I just trust to, 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 to the Lord about her life and, and all the teachings and, and the relationship that he, she was having with the Lord. Well, I don't know how, it go, how it's going to be in, in, her, in her life. I don't know. I just don't know. But when I heard that story of her friend, and she was willing to those problematic kids to change because of 
they need God. They need Jesus. And she presented, she introduced them to God. That gave, gave me hope. In the same way us. God has for you a place where you have everything you need to succeed. Why? Because he desires good for you. Let's bow our heads and have a moment of prayer. Lord, today is a special day to thank you for the good you have been to us. And today, you remind us to keep you close in our lives. And that will help us to know you better and therefore trust you. So when we have confidence and trust, we can approach and we can come to you in confidence, knowing that you will hear us, knowing that you will be there, knowing that you are up to something better. So please, Lord, help us. Bring peace and strength, and may we rest knowing that you have taken our burden. So, Lord, we ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Friends, whenever we gather for the sacrament of Lord's Supper, we try to imagine what it was like when Jesus shared a meal with his disciples. They were like family to him. It means a great deal to Jesus to eat with these beloved followers, especially on the last night. During the meal, he did something he had never done before. He took bread and broke it. They were singing. They were having a really good time, and he took bread and broke it. Broke it. He said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in, rem in remembrance of me. And after doing that, he took the cup again and gave thanks to God. Holding it to everyone to see. And he said, this cup represents a new covenant in my blood. It is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from this as often as you are able to, and do so in remembrance of me. And so when we do this, every time in worship and the gathering as children of God, we remember what Jesus did for each one of us. So as children of God, let us join together in the prayer that Jesus first taught us, his disciples, and now shares with each of us as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let's prepare for the communion, and, and, and we have the ushers that will uh, lead you to come forward. Please prepare. I, um, remember that your hands like this means that you are receiving the bread. And also remember that if you are, uh, we have special bread for you. Thank you. And the table is ready for each one of us. It's open for you. Come to the table. You are welcome.
Thank you for our gathering band today, for being here and bringing us great music. We really do appreciate it. I have a couple of announcements that I want you to hear today. We're having a block party today, if you didn't know that. Over in the foundation building, there's going to be pizza and a slide and things to give out, all types of stuff. And most important, it's free parking, so then you can go down to the Parade of Lights. And then uh, we're going to have people there volunteering to pass out things. So just come and be part of that fun this afternoon. Then also, November 28th, not this Tuesday, but a week from Tuesday, everything has to be transformed from Thanksgiving to Christmas. And we don't have magical elves, you're the elves, okay? So I need as many people that can come to come at six o'clock on the 28th and help hang the, the garland, the reeves, all the stuff that happens at this church each evening. That would be very, very helpful. Now also our on-ramp over here, I see Angie and them moving that direction as they come and they greet you. For anyone that's new that needs to know something about our church or get involved in a Bible study or a grace group, and we also have a free gift for any first-time visitor. And then I will move over to the congregational care uh, spot and we will be praying with you if you'd like to come forward. Let's prepare for our benediction. And it will be bilingual, okay? 